Welcome to the Primo House Podcast, the podcast about house music, the genre and news surrounding it. We are house music. I am your host, Roberta, and with me is Cami Garcia. Hi. And of course, the Primo House DJs, Trey Garcia. What's up? Anthony Garcia. How's it going? And Dorian. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our Primo House mascot, Ms. Dottie Longbody. In case we've never mentioned, Dottie is the most adorable, sweet Dotson in all of the South. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone out there in the podcast world, for joining us today. So today we have a special, very special guest. You may have heard him on House Nation Radio on 91.7 KRTU, previous resident DJ at Tucker's The Soul Spot. Let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Leonard Trujillo. Thank you, guys. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Just, uh, you know, getting through another. It's, it is Thursday, correct? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a day it's a day yes yeah it even matter i know who cares all the days all the days are mixed but it's cool <laughs> uh, but thanks for having me i really appreciate it thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with us today first and foremost we hope you and your wife and the baby are staying safe although i'm sure he's probably not a baby anymore at this point huh he is full-on toddler yeah he's in this he's in the in the terrible threes i guess so I'm loving every minute of it, though. It's cool. It's cool. It's really cool. So, Mr. Leonard, I just want to thank you for tagging me in the better part of eight years. And um, being a soul spot dancer was amazing, and I had an amazing time. And I can't wait until next time when we can all get together and I can put my (laughs) dancing shoes back on. Amen to that. For real. (laughs) Leonard, you've been in the San Antonio house scene for a long time. We want to talk to you about how you've seen it change and evolve over the years. But before we get to that, we want to know what everybody's been listening to lately. Let's start with our guest, Leonard. What have you been listening to? Um, man, I've been listening to a lot of stuff. Like, I, even though, particularly when the pandemic started, like, it just never stops. I'm always, you know, having worked in record stores since I was, you know, 17 years old, I've always been buying music or consuming music and listening and diving and all sorts of stuff so it's not really like one particular thing that i'll like niche onto for very long uh but uh a group um by the name of papus uh which uh, is out of france has really really been tickling my ear with my son and as well like he loves them as well and um nicolas godin who is uh one half of air he uh, put out an album called Concrete and Glass at the beginning of the year. That uh, if you're if you're craving that sound from air, um, you know that serene, nice, chill kind of vibe. Uh, it's it's a wonderful album. I couldn't I can't say I can't give it enough praises. Uh, the new uh, was it Krungbin? I believe it's um, what was it? Uh, it just came out last week. I just purchased that. So diving into that album as well but um i mean it changes on a it evolves it's just a constant i'm always just buying music and listening to music um i was gonna say that's a wide range yeah like i i don't it's funny is because like you know i mean house music and disco and stuff like that like i love and, and i can listen to it uh but uh usually i i 
kind of draw a bit more inspiration for putting mixes together from listening to other stuff that has nothing to do with what I play out, I guess. So, but the Nicholas Godin and Papoose are probably the two albums that have kind of reached the heavy rotation right now. Well, thanks you for asking. Let's start with you, Ant. Uh, this week, there's a couple of uh, mixes that I've had in rotation. <clears throat> the first one is the new mix from Mark Farina that's out on Track Source. Uh, the second one was uh, a mix that I was listening to today when I was running. It was by uh, Andy Riley from the Inland Nights. And then the third one I had in rotation was uh, a great friend of mine, uh, Mike Whitelock. He put out a great mix on House Salad. I believe that mix was the one that came out right after mine that I put out there. So uh, those are pretty much the three that I've had in rotation this week. Nameless plug. <laughs> Trey, what you got? I just received a bunch of new tracks from my buddy Dano. Shout out, Dano. Thank you so much for sharing these uh, these tracks with me. He, he provided me with a bunch of disco tracks or some tr- transitional tracks to sprinkle into my sets and, and have it fill out to be more of a all comprehensive uh, primo house set. Um, so the, that nice. includes tracks from Justin Faust, um, some Purple Disco Machine, uh, and then my favorites, uh, Julius Papp, Flight Facilities, My Life is another track. However, on the way over here, though, Q-Tips uh, Ride came on, and I, there's just something to be said about tracks that are dedicated to one thing, right? And this whole entire track is dedicated to the Range Rover. <laughs> I love albums that do it, like a whole album about just like robots or space or something. Concept albums are so fun. <laughs> uh, Dorian, what have you been listening to lately? So that's kind of funny because we're talking about robots. Uh, I actually was on Reddit. And, we're always uh, somebody, talking about robots. Yeah, so somebody on, on Reddit, though, posted up uh, a, the 2007 concert from uh, Vegas, uh, and it was Daft Punk, and somebody put three of the audience cameras all together on a full wow. video, and the sound was all in high definition. And I was jamming out the full hour in, the, in <laughs> my house, and I was like, holy moly. And some, some songs I'd never heard of, and they were just... Wow. They were just playing live right then and there but man it was it was pretty awesome to see yeah that yeah i'm after that nice very nice roberta what about you what have you been listening to lately it's very very deep um just real cool stuff i'm actually listening to jingles (laughs) (laughs) that's right and um it's been amazing just kidding (laughs) bye isn't that from fashion uh or Back to the Future Three, right? Wasn't that wasn't that one of the things that they did? They listened to oh, Back yeah, to the Future Three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, today we had that one. The all oh, people are taxed. Oh no! Stuck in my head all day. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, I have been listening to a um, little bit of this and that. Nothing really in particular. Um, just a lot of uh, old school hip hop. Um, all over the place it's just really like easy 90s like you know no no, no but like all no, i've been hearing like i heard um an usher song i didn't know usher and i, was, and I can't remember the name of it sorry guys but you don't have to call no 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 um i can't remember nine seven o'clock <laughs> oh, on the top. i'm in my drop top 
<laughs> I got a rip. But I can actually find it right now. It think of you. Think of the song. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I love this song. I was like, oh, it's Usher. Right on. But yeah, just some like nostalgic kind of. What about you, Cammy? Nothing. I've been listening to nothing lately. Enjoy the silence. Do you remember when you were in high school <laughs> and you used to do your homework and listen to music at the same time? I didn't do homework. I, I've blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do that anymore. I, I can't do anything except cook and clean while listening to music. There's there's an album or an artist by the name of Robert Henke who uh, who put together this album called Layering Buddha, and it was using uh, a whole bunch of uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those Buddha boxes or Buddha machines. Okay, well, what he did was he took like a whole bunch of them, and uh, he basically would just kind of create this, you know, this wall of sound using buddha boxes and he um he was able to you know cut like three four minute songs or you know increment uh, little like interludes of these uh buddha boxes and, and he would mix them together um and speaking of like you know you're saying you can't work and and you know listen to music at the same time i, I went through a really I, I always listen to music and there was a, a moment in my life where i had a very hard time focusing and uh this guy, Robert Hankey, you know, when I, I just read about it out of curiosity, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to buy it. And I absolutely loved it because it just helped me kind of like just zone in on, um, you know, on whatever I was working on and still had like this almost like a ohm yep. sound kind of like resonating, but not intrusive at all. Yeah, it was really wild. Okay. But I, I, I love Robert Hankey. It's just part of the geeky no. that I like to listen to as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? Uh, sorry, what's a Buddha box? Buddha box. Here, look, I got one right here. Hold on, let me show. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, so, everybody listening, just yeah, close because your everybody eyes. can see me on a podcast. So, Where? so it's this little box. Size of this And and what it does, it's the little black. They come in various colors. I don't know if I have any batteries in it. Maybe might might have. Yeah, it looks like a pager. Exactly. Yeah, you know what? I don't have any batteries in it. I thought I did. Right. Wait, but it, it you got to hear the sounds. Sound. Does it have different buttons on it? Yeah. So what it does is it just creates sounds, and people would use it to um, get centered. You know, to you know. So I don't know yeah. if you can hear yeah. this sound. Yeah. So you can change the the tone, and it also has um. Where is it? So just these noises. That's all it is. Cool. It's all energy. Yeah, the first one sounded like a didgeridoo. Right. <laughs> right. So, what the, well, but what this guy did was he 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 mixed a whole bunch of them together, so it just created this really unique sound. Um, and <laughs> I'll never forget because the first time I, when my my wife and I started dating, I, I remember I had just discovered this sound, and I remember going to her house and I was like, "Oh my god, you gotta hear this!" And and mind you, I was coming over pretty late i think i just got off of work and um you know i woke her up and i was just geeking out stupid and she's like all right so she's laying and i felt i was falling asleep to it and in the middle of the night she wakes up and she's like what the fuck is this <laughs> like she's like no no i was like oh man what is funny is that like well over the course of like you know as we you know started dating she couldn't go to sleep without it like we had to have it on all the time you know so it's just a little foresight. The purpose oh, of it is, is designed to just kind of get you centered. 
yeah. all, all of the, the sounds uh, that it emits. Yeah, it's, uh, allows you to just kind of center your, your chi, I guess. Right. I don't know yeah. if that's probably, probably not the right mm. word. But uh, allows you to get centered, uh, yeah. focus. I know, Leonard, you mentioned uh, helped you get focused at a time mm. when you needed it. And I would agree. Mm. Yeah, okay. It's a pretty powerful little box. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the educated man's fart machine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for three minutes to say that. Uh, I nominate that for the podcast name, Fart Machine. My my wife would appreciate that one. She would love that. Kudos to you, Cammy. That was a good one. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back in just a second. All right, time for some shameless plugs. Don't forget to make the social media rounds, follow us on Instagram, give us a like on Facebook, and give us a follow and a listen on SoundCloud. You can find us by searching Primo House with a space. If you want us to plug any of your projects, send us an email at primo.house.satx at gmail.com. Again, that's primo.house.satx at gmail.com. Today we're talking about the house scene in San Antonio and how we've seen it change and evolve. Let's start from the beginning. Leonard, you've been involved in music uh, in some capacity since 1990. How did you start your career in music? I got involved in like my latter like my senior year junior senior year in high school uh, a buddy of mine was a uh, like a wedding dj and he you know i just found it interesting because he was you know playing you know all quinceañeras and stuff like that and i used to you know kind of just find solace and you know i i found it made sense for me to kind of hang out in the booth just because i was curious on what was going on and he wasn't doing anything as far as for like you know, turntablism or anything like that. You're just playing music and it was all sorts of music, but uh, it, it definitely drew my, you know, my curiosity toward it. Uh, and I was, you know, I was already into music. So it just made sense to kind of, uh, you know, I was the helper. I was the one lugging speakers and amps and just kind of tagging along and, you know, being part of it. He would let <laughs> me do these little sets uh, to play, to play newer music or things that I was into, but um, it wasn't until after uh, after high school that we started doing um, mm-hmm. house parties, and uh, most of uh, most of our friends because we were we weren't old enough to get into bars yet. We were you know nineteen twenty. Um, so who so was we, man? We, you we and your buddy that was doing party. the weddings. I mean the quinceañeras, or oh well, no, Dave. His name was David. David Lasoya, and uh, you know we graduated, but I, I kept in touch with other friends of mine who also not so much had an interest in DJing, but we were just, you know, we we're like best friends in high school and, you know, uh, shared the same interest in music. So when we, um, we used to hang out with, you know, crew people and, you know, we needed a place to have a party. Uh, but I really wasn't really interested in drinking even back then. Um, I, I wanted people to dance. Like I just thought that would be really fun. And most of the parties that we would attend, it was usually one of those red cup parties where everybody just kind of sat around and, or, you know, in the back yard of someone's house and just kind of hung out. Right. And you just drink until the cops busted. And, uh, it didn't interest me. Um, but I did want to have friends over to dance. And so we convinced my buddy's parents to literally like move all the furniture out into one side of the house so we used to hang a tarp on the walls so like we literally gutted the house as far as for furniture and other than like some chairs and things like that and we kept it pretty much an open floor and we would (laughs) set up par cam lights and speakers home speakers and uh and we literally would create our own little like 
house party club thing whatever and we would just invite people over so it was definitely different because people will walk in and they're like okay what is going on here and there's music you know blasting in like multiple rooms and there's just balloons everywhere and it was just a lot of fun and and we had no idea what we were doing we just knew that you know it's gotta this is what we wanted to do so we we threw a few of them like that and they were always really fun and memorable uh so people started coming to me and saying hey can you do this for my house and i'm like uh sure i guess so i, I mean i'm like thinking man <laughs> your parents are gonna be pissed like this is not i mean because we would spend a whole day setting up i'm, um, I'm sure the genre was wrong and, uh, well, it's funny is because right around that time is when I met Abe Novi. This was like in 91, <laughs> 92, 92, I guess it was. Yeah, Soul Family and everything. And I, I was working at Eclipse Records. And it, working at Eclipse Records was really, man, it was like the best thing in my life as far as for, you know, just trying to find your ear. Because I was around three other gentlemen that, were well versed in the music that they were into. Um, my friend Gene Smith was like really into like a lot of the acid jazz and hip hop. Uh, Randy Haker, who who was a manager of the store, he was really into like indie and uh, just a, a lot of like avant garde type stuff. Stuff that would be considered today as more, more normal or alternative. But back then, like people weren't paying attention to suede, curve, lush you know, uh, the muffs, I mean, like all these different bands that, you know, kind of paved the way for, for a lot of these newer bands to come out. And then, uh, probably one of, one of my, my biggest inspirations was Joe Alfaro, uh, who, who guided me in a lot of like, you know, he would never, he would never tell me anything. He would just play it and let it speak for itself, which was always, I always appreciated that because it let me develop my own ear. Um, and so, during the course of that, you know, I was doing these little parties and I remember my first like pain gig was at Wacky's, uh, uh, Wacky's, uh, bar, which is the limelight now, I think. Um, but speaking uh, of limelight, then, that's I mean, where I saw Joe Alfaro 15, I think 2015 oh, wow. rock out there. But he hadn't played in a while. Yeah, and I mean, blew my yeah, mind. Yeah. Dude's just his whole demeanor and confidence rocking. The yeah. He he has definitely a, a, a knowledge that um, I, I feel very very fortunate to have known those three guys in particular when it came to music education because they they let me hear things that I probably wouldn't I mean but before that I was listening you know I had my own stuff and I was going all over the place with you mm. know Fugazi yeah. to Skinny yeah. Puppy. Yeah and ministry but then playing depeche mode and erasure and like i mean it was just all over the board but like this was like on a whole other level you know that i didn't even knew existed um and then it was in 1994 where i got to kind of especially with joe's input of a lot of music uh 94 i i went to new york for the first time i was turning 21 and my buddy and i stayed in soho and we crashed at a friend's house and 94, I, 94. Did you take a train in New York? Is that, uh, no, no. <laughs> sounds like a song lyric, though, right? Um, but I, uh, I went and I experienced, you know, Louis Vega for the first time at the Sound Factory bar. 
mm. and uh, Junior Vasquez at the Sound Factory. And uh, like I went to a few of these clubs that all of a sudden it all made sense because like right around that time, like rave was start the whole rave scene was like slowly kicking you know i remember dj dan playing here in in like 92 <laughs> 93 it was a day brave at henry b gonzalez theater i mean it was it was nutty it was really weird because like there wasn't a it was fresh for everybody nobody knew what the fuck they were doing it wasn't like a template that people were going by and saying oh this is what to look like this is what it's supposed to sound like i mean if you were from the bay area or from up east or overseas then you already kind of knew but in in san antonio nobody knew about that internet wasn't you know nobody unless they went they didn't know slowly migrating right so like having that trip to new york it, it really instilled kind of like a stamp of like okay now now you know with 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 the roots of like Chicago and New York, like all those things kind of like brought like a, a, a definitely a shift to my perspective of what, how I wanted to interpret that. And it was really difficult for me at first because the rave scene was really, you know, kind of picking up steam here. And that just wasn't my bag. Like it, it, it I got it and it was cool, but I think what what I experienced in in, in New York had a, a profound effect because I I heard all this music that I had been hearing at the record stores in in context. It was okay to play hip hop and reggae mixed with house music and R and B and like it it shifted so much and there wasn't necessarily hearing just that four to the floor break beats and like it wasn't just one sound all night long. And, you know, I, I had my ebb and flow as a DJ of like, I was like kind of focused on maybe one thing more than another. But I, as I got older, it's, I kind of like could pull back from, oh yeah, I remember this. Oh, I remember, you know, talking loud records and Galliano stuff. And, you know, then kind of pushing back to either older hip hop or older, even um, like King Tubby record, reggae record, you know, dub records, things like that. And, and it kind of like all culminated to 1997 where, um, where Louie and Kenny, you know, they, they did the New York and Soul album because before that they, they did only a, a song called The Nervous Track, which in 93, that was very, very different. I mean, 94, 93, because everything house music was four to the floor. You had male or female vocal or disco sample and then just kind of a knock in four to the floor. And if you've ever heard The Nervous Track by, by New York and Soul, this shit was like completely off the beaten path. For that time, and still sounds fresh today, um, and then it was just kind of like that it clicked, and I thought, damn like this makes sense like it makes sense in the course of an evening when you want to kind of ride that train but this is coming from like playing all night not an, an hour set so i mm -hmm. you know I, I remember going you have quite a bit of tracks that you've produced man you have quite a bit of tracks you produce is this kind of maybe what started your production yeah and uh and yeah no um you know a buddy uh, a dear friend of mine uh, sam uh, schneider 
you know, who uh, who's no, no longer here with us. But at the time, he was he was a, a resident DJ at uh, Generation Next, which was uh, at the Cameo Theater in the early to mid '90s, all the way at yeah. So it's like, and 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 the Cameo to me was a really cool moment for San Antonio's like underground scene because it was the first time where you had something that, that was not uh, oriented to niche crowd you in san antonio you were either in a hip-hop or you were into rock and metal or you were into country like those seem to be like country and tejano right so like those primary focal points of of like going out to a bar is what you heard as your soundtrack uh and cameo offered a completely different alternative i i would say on par with what like the punk scene was for you know for kids who were into punk music but did not have any place to go in a white rabbit exactly um this was for for people that were into dance music and dj looch was was i think instrumental in kind of like pushing that forward for san antonio and bringing djs from what he was inspired by uh you know frankie bones chris starpoli that could chris uh you know he brought a lot of like you know different djs that were both popular in the club circuit as well as in the rave circuit. I mean, there was kind of like a perfect mesh of, of different, you know, you, you got a lot of different types of people going under one roof. And, and it was really nice because it didn't have to, you know, back then, like people had, I mean, I clearly in this, this day and age in 2020, people still have issues uh, of homophobia and transphobia. But back then it was even more blatant in in regards to how segregated i felt it was like you only went to a gay bar if you were cool with being around people that were you know uh, gay and you were automatically assumed that oh you must be gay if you're going to a gay bar and i i i i never i never did that and i think maybe because it was in early in my introduction to club culture and dance music like mm-hmm. i i got a history lesson you like good music. Well, right. Yeah. But like, it just, it, and are you, are you saying that cameo sort of blurred those lines for you? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really did yeah. because people, it, it felt like it happened overnight when it, you know, people were going and it was really like a grassroots core amount of people going. It wasn't very, uh, and if, if any of you have been to the cameo theater, it's a very large venue. It, it, it'd be like our limelight, what limelight was to New mm-hmm. York this was to to San Antonio because it was an old theater and it had the still like a lot of the same look of the theater. Leonard, do you think having house music play on the radio affects the scene? Like today or back then? Today. All of it. Well, back then it wasn't, you know, there were DJs I know that would, that were playing like even even probably as late as like the late 80s early 90s that i would learn because you had club image and image was mm-hmm. a, a teen club but you know there were there were cats there mixmaster mondo uh you know and and uh Vic. And there was a the couple radio, guys right yeah so like those guys you know they were playing a lot of like just current hits and back then you know it was freestyle freestyle they, yeah they, you <laughs> know they were, but but they were also playing stuff like new order they were playing old tots they were cutting all over the place because they're really, it was just energetic and fun to dance to. Um, but it, it never really got pegged as, oh, like this is like 
house music, or at least to me, it never was brought to me as being something like, oh, this is house music and this is like new wave style, industrial. Whatever. Right. And and then that used to be kind of the gimmick, you know, because they would have the back room and, and then the back room is where you would hear, you know, the, the cure and the pest mode and you order like that was like really alternative for, for San Antonio. And, and most of the time they, uh, <laughs> it usually got, you know, the, the it was a runt, you know, it never really got much attention. It was, you know, usually a few people. <laughs> right. But then you had bars and clubs like changes and phases and those bars were were man have you ever considered writing a book you know a book, <laughs> i know you have so much knowledge of history that's amazing i mean i, I i've been to quite a few of these places I, i'll tell you what like i'm i am i'm like the young one in the group of people that i learned like i'm the baby of the bunch and particularly because there's so much history that you know led up to where like say house nation came that um that again i was very fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time to kind of watch, listen, and learn, and uh, and meeting people who were kind of like not necessarily at the end of there, but they were already like you know they were you know, the thirty somethings. They already had gone out and did all the crazy stuff in their twenties, and that was in the eighties and into the yeah. early nineties. So their their nightlife outings were kind of winding down, and mine was just starting to kind of you know pick up. So and they introduced you to the other right genres. Yeah. I had the same experience. Yeah. So, Wait, so where did House Nation come from? So was uh, a party that I went to in New York when I was uh, when I went up there for the first time in 94. And it was it was just an under I, I, I stumbled across. I got lost in New York on purpose. But I literally <laughs> just I told a buddy of mine, I was like, look, I'm just going to I'm going to just roam. Like, I just got to check this place out. And I literally stumbled across Dance Tracks Records. Dance Tracks Records was, um, you know, it was open and run for a while by Joe Classel. Uh, and several several people that ran that store were very influential into the New that York in Brooklyn? It, no, it was in Manhattan. It was in lower Manhattan. Uh, but uh, I, I stumbled across and, and literally, and that's actually how I found out about the Sound Factory Bar, mistakenly, because... I went there on a Wednesday and, and, and I stumbled, I stumbled in on their Wednesday and I just was grabbing flyers. And I looked at a flyer that said sound factory bar thinking it was the sound factory because at that time I was, you know, being introduced to, you know, everything from like junior Vasquez and Johnny vicious and DJ Duke. But then also that's more soulful sound of like what masters at work was doing and Louis Vega and that, that whole soulful sound. Uh, so I stumbled across it and it blew my mind because I, I walked in and hearing shit that I remember listening to, you know, Eclipse Records was getting all the new stuff first. And and for San Antonio, that like I, I realized how far ahead of the curve they were getting things that most people, they just didn't get. They just didn't get here. And it's not it's it's not their fault. They just they weren't in it. You had to experience it in order right. to be like, yeah, that's the shit. So, like, I, I remember walking in and they're like every song that they were playing. I was like, I know this. I know this. I know this. It's like, but wait a minute, <laughs> right? But like, but like, I'm hearing this. Like, I, I'm hearing this for the first time on a system because before all I would hear it is either in my in my room because I bought it or mm -hmm. at the store. So now I got a visual to go with it and I'm seeing like just 
dancers and just all just all kinds of stuff that I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, this was, you know, it was really cool because then all of a sudden now I was like, I get it. I get it now why, you know, Joe loves this so much. Like, it's just like, it, it, I mean, I loved it, but I didn't get it yet. And that helped me get it. So it, it, it definitely shifted my perspective when I came back that the sound factory and then this other party, which was just a little underground party called house nation. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm changing my major. I'm, I'm going to do a radio show and I'm going to just knock it out. And, and that, because that was the one thing that I, I felt like I could do that I had full control over was a radio show. I didn't want to be going to nightclubs and bars. I'm the worst promoter ever. Like I don't, I'm not into that shit. So it's just like, but a radio show, it felt like I could control everything that I wanted to do as far as for programming and, you know, keeping things a certain way. And, uh, and, uh, the stars aligning, you know, Bart, Bart Cock, um, rest in peace, man. He was, uh, he was a music director at the time at KSYM and he needed DJs. And he asked me, he's like, Hey, you, you DJ, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, would you want to do a radio show? I'm like, absolutely. You know, so <laughs> it worked out. And, and in February, you know, was it like 15th of 95 is when I started. That's funny you say that you're the worst promoter. I, uh, I've always, I've always. Have you met Anthony Garcia? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always wanted to pick your brain about that. Just, just as a DJ in town, and you know, starting up little collectives that we've worked on, and you know, I'm like, I want to talk to, want to talk, want to talk to these cats that have been doing it for a while and see kind of what the cycles all were. And it comes come to find out, like you said, you're the promoter, but I believe that you're one of the most respected DJs. In City, man. Oh, and, and maybe it's because of the fact that you took that step back, dedicated your time to radio, and really yeah, make shitty flyers. Sure, it was. Say <laughs> out there, yeah. yes. Put some time into your artwork. I mean, it's really like it's all about presentation. Like, yeah. I mean, this is coming from me. Obviously, I'm not a DJ, but that's my personal opinion. I can't stand seeing shitty graphics. Come on. There should be a uh, a flyer committee in town, <laughs> <laughs> and we have to approve them before. Yeah, right. Denied. I, I think I I think that you know um. You know, Jay said this best uh, in, a, in an interview. I remember one of the last interviews that him and I had, had done for uh, for AM Project was, um, you know, just, just know your lane and stay in it. Like, do it well. And, and I, I couldn't agree with him more. Like, everybody's got their strengths and their weaknesses. And if you can find a team of people that kind of, like, complement those strengths and weaknesses, more power to you, you know. And, and uh, but, but also you, you have to, you know, I, I learned over the years that there were certain things like production, like the promotion side that just didn't make me very happy. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed parts of it, but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it enough to want to keep doing it at the expense of other things that were, you know, not making me happy. So yeah, kind of along those lines, you touched on staying in your lane, starting to interrupt. And I, you mentioned this a little bit while ago, like you were just really in tune with and respected that history that you there. And I know Cammy's kind of promoted, know your history. When it comes to whatever we're doing, whatever we're trying to do, know your history. Yeah. You're not going to come out the gates and drop it on a controller and rock the house. You really have to. Yeah, yeah. And 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 really now, man, it, it's, so, it's so wild now on how different the approach with 
DJing and parties and, and, you know, sharing music is, you know, one thing I left out in, in talking about that period was I had, I met a, a, a friend who was from New York. He was from Brooklyn and I met him. Where's Brooklyn at? It's all good. But, but he, um, his name was Mike Nichols and, and he, I, he was such the coolest cat. He used to, he used to come back and forth between New York and San Antonio. And I don't know why he, from San Antonio of all, all places, I have no idea why he would come to San Antonio. Um, two reasons. My mom always says this, two reasons, either a girlfriend or drugs. Yeah. Or both. And or taco. both, right? Taco. Or tacos. Taco. Right? That kind of taco. But, oh. but, <laughs> but here's, the, here's the crazy thing about this cat. He used to send me tapes. He used to send me cassettes of all these mixes from the radio shows <laughs> and and from <laughs> from different parties. So what? I used to do the same thing. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I used to set oh. wait like for a certain hour, like a set coming on on the on the radio yeah. station and record old. Uh, I, I I kid you not. Like he, I've got. I'm, I I literally have this right here. <laughs> Look. I've got a crate. This is all. Oh my god! Also, Shit, you guys, guys cannot this see this right now crate. on the podcast, but Leonard just brought out a crate filled to the rim of cassettes. old cassettes. That's what and, all that clickety clack sound is. Anyway, let me see. This is like, <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just to give you an nice. idea. There's like a there's like a beta of Leonard playing the recorder. Just to give you an idea. Of... So in 1999, Timmy registered at the shelter, right? So this is Timmy Regisford at the shelter in 1999. This is uh, Farley Jackmaster Funk. This is uh, Tony Humphreys. You have a tape deck in that room. So, you, so this is, of course, obviously pre-internet. This is like my own SoundCloud of hearing all this music, sometimes months before it ever came out, because these guys would hold on to their acetates. They, would, they were all test presses, right? They would play at, the, at either the show where they would boot these things at the club. So I had access to all this music that was coming out and I was not hearing anything like it here in San Antonio or Austin or Dallas or Houston. So when when things started kind of bubbling, like the rave stuff started getting really popular, I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like I get what you're doing, but like there was a really weird like clash for us because we were too slow for people who were into like those parties, like rave parties. And we were too fast for people who were into hip hop and R&B. So we were like in this really weird middle that nobody really gave a damn about. And, and I remember when I started the radio show, a lot of people used to give me shit and call on the radio, calling it fag music and gay shit. Like, like I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you have no fucking idea. You literally have no fucking idea. But that was like probably the closest that I've ever been like, like if I if I had to walk in the shoes of somebody who was being, you know, discriminated against, you know, because of, of something like that, like people would just like just be ugly about it. And I'm like, wow, man, like, thank you for calling me. I, I would just say you are uncultured swine. <laughs> I would, too. It's not far different, though. But 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 what I what I learned about it, I was like. I was like, you, you just don't know. And, and, and unfortunately, it's funny is because I, I got over the course of those years, I, I got an opportunity to meet some of these people who, you know, give me shit. 
and and they came around they i helped them get it in that sense and i hope that like it it took a lot of patience on my end because i was pissed off that they would you know go to that shit but like i was just like you got to be fucking kidding me like really that's what you're resorting to so it was really hard for me to get around at that time about understanding that mindset because i I knew, I was like, yo, you calling me gay? I'm not gay. Like, I was just like, well, this shit's slamming, you know? That's all, that's all I was thinking. Yeah. But. We just said this a while ago. Whenever somebody calls me gay, I'm like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. So I, uh, it's funny that, that that was the experience back then. You know, it was sort of the experience I experienced in early ni- late 90s, thousands, kind of going on now. Seems to be kind of the common denominator for like, where you're always trying to like pitch always trying to sell and there's always people that don't but that being said leonard we need to interview you again because we have like five more questions for you but we're running out of time so we're gonna take a quick commercial break but we hope to have you on in a little bit thanks for checking out primo house podcast with cami ray roberto rinali anthony garcia trey garcia and dorian perez this is what san antonio culture is about my name is rick latta I run Sprout Sessions. You can catch some mixes that we've accumulated over the years at over on our Mixcloud page at Sprout Sessions. Thanks for everything you do to make house music what it is. Without the listeners, the dancers, it's nothing. So I have a really cool story, Leonard. I don't know if you remember this or not. Um, it was it had to be 2017, late 2017, maybe early 2018. I'm at Tucker's. I show up. Lady to you, of course, say what's up. And then I'm like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Roberta. And you look over at Roberta and you're like, y'all hug. And I'm like, y'all hugging like that. Y'all better know each other. <laughs> First of like, all. <laughs> but then you were like, oh my God. You're like, Trey, you were with Roberta? This- Roberta, you were with Trey? You're like, this is so perfect. It was just kind of like a really cool thing. Like, we knew you individually. And then when you realized we were together, you were yeah. just so happy. Like oh, really kind of heartfelt. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, gosh, man, like it's, it's funny. Is is um, I, I get, I, I'm very humbled to you know, like kind of see how people that I used to maybe interact with, you know, through parties in the scene back in the day or whatnot, and and or record stores, you know, coming buying records and things like that, like really cool to kind of see how we all grow up and become older you know hopefully wiser uh family man you know like you know being fathers and, and mothers and i it's yeah yeah i i forget i forget sometimes how old i am in that sense you know from an age perspective i, I still feel like a kid in a lot of ways but <laughs> but then there's other aspects where i'm like shit yeah yeah you really are 47 you know it's like these are things mm-hmm. that, you know, that kind of put things in perspective. Um, all right. Well, we're going to move on to the lightning round. Lightning round. Welcome to the lightning round. Before we go, we have some questions for you, Leonard. Answer them oh. without explanation. Are you ready? All right. Cool. Question number one. You're stuck on an island. Pick one album you get to take with you. One album, New Eureka Souls album. I'll take that. I'll that album, and, and it's it's funny because it's just, it's like it's 
it's covers. There are a couple of like originals on there, but it's a lot of covers. But uh, those those songs were that... instrumental and in kind of like changing my focus and direction as far as for how I wanted to play music in in a party scenario or DJing type thing. So um, yeah, I'm indebted to those two. Question number two: What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> um. Like diddly dally. <laughs> oh, fudge. I, I, I would have to just say fuck. Yeah. Like fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Question number three. If you could collaborate on an album or a single, who would you like to do that with? Collaborate? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I, I'd want to just be a fly on the wall. Um, and and okay. man, it's, I'm stuck because it's kind of like my new version and and kind of like the originator, Quincy Jones, or or mm. or or Louis and Kenny uh, from Masters Hour. Like, I would say Quincy. Well, well, I I I, <laughs> I, I would say, I would say Quincy for the obvious reasons, right. but um, but Louis and Kenny, yeah. I, I just um, you know, to me, they are <laughs> in a lot of ways they have done. In my opinion, they made house music kind of catapult to what it is today when it comes to like writing and right. addressing what it needed to, particularly in the 90s and how they pushed the the, the whole approach to, to, to dance music forward. Um, without those two guys, I don't think dance music really, um, or house music in particular, or soulful stuff really gets the, leave the acknowledgement. Right. Leave it to Leonard turn the light rolly thunder round sorry sorry i'm sorry no man i love it dude i'm telling you we need to do this again okay. next question what is your most commonly used emoji i don't really well okay my well yeah i'd be, be a balloon i thought you were maybe gonna say like temporary shrimp no um next no. question what is the shittiest gig you've ever played um i I, uh, Names, locations, date. Nah. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I, I got, and you can pass if you don't want to answer. So. No, no, no. I'll answer it. I'll answer it. I got asked to do a gig. Um, this was early when I started House Nation. A lot of guys from the military used to listen because they were from Chicago. They were from New York. Uh, they, 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 they knew it. So they understood. They got it. They've experienced oh. it. So one of the guys who. Uh, who was a you know also a yeah. DJ? He he was like, yo, you you got to come out and do play just a small set for house music, you know. He's like, I'm you know he goes, I play R and B and hip hop as well, but we want to hear some house. We want to hear some house. I'm like, sure, no problem. So uh, I remember going on bass to one of the rec, you know, they had like a rec room hall type thing, or whatever. Type yeah, like something like that. And, and I remember going, and it was just a lot of a lot of adults, which I felt like a kid. <laughs> which was really weird just because I was this scrawny little, you know, skinny white little looking kid, you know, whatever. And, and, um, I remember playing Michael Wadford, alternate, Todd Terry, like, I mean, all the stuff that I absolutely loved and it was very soulful. And I remember anybody, it was, they all got it though. No, no, it was the worst oh. gig. It was the worst gig. The guys who brought me there knew it. They were loving it. But the crazy thing was that there was this huge group of cats. There was a whole bunch of guys that 
they just wanted me to go play their top 40 hip hop type of stuff. And so they literally got all like a large portion of, I mean, this is about 500 people in this place. And they literally got like a large mass of these people yelling and chanting over and over to the beat of the music, turn, <laughs> turn this shit off. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like a bad dream. So, <laughs> this really yeah. Happened. Right. I was just like, wow, yeah. man. I was just like, all right. And they were like stomping, you know, like doing all this, uh, turn this shit off. Oh. And I'm like, wow, dude. I was well, I like, say Leonard, that, that sounds pretty shitty. <laughs> pretty shitty. And the last question, what is the worst track ever requested of you while playing out? The worst track that have ever been requested? Or that you paid attention to? Oh. Same gig. They were like, play Vanilla <laughs> <laughs> Um, Damn. I really don't have, like, I mean, if you're going to do a wedding or, 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 or play a quinceanera or something that you wouldn't want to attend yourself if you weren't DJing, then you got to expect to get those shitty tracks being requested because you took yeah, the fucking you gig you know song you're like neon moon <laughs> i do like that song too <laughs> I, I don't mind neon no on, neon Moon is a now, great song i wish I'm i wrote that song here. i wish i wrote that song that's uh, yeah. a good song it's like yeah that's a great like song that. yeah oh. yeah no I, I wish i wrote those songs man you know i wouldn't have to be i wouldn't have to be working right now right um i i don't i don't i don't really have like a a particular song that anybody's asked me because I, I I learned really quick that if you're gonna take a gig in a in a suspect type of situation that is going to cater, like then expect to be asked Wait. for, you know, the shit it's that you can't right. stand. I, I disagree. You know, it's <laughs> no, no, it's because annoying. think about it. This is this is the, the it is very annoying, but the thing is is that like I've done I did a wedding. I did a wedding in November and the the group the couple that got married different so nice so sweet they were really what nice and they really out? wanted they they heard what you know what I did they're like yes we want this what they really wanted was just fun party music that's all they wanted and it didn't matter if it was from the 60s 70s 80s 90s whether it was top 40 or not but I guarantee you if I couldn't mix ABBA with Blondie and Adam Ant or whatever, like crazy shit. Like, it's just like, like, what do I care? If they're happy, then shit, I can give a shit if it's a crappy request. You're beautiful. I took the beautiful. fucking gig. <laughs> I've been to lots of weddings. I'll tell you what, a wedding crowd does not give a shit whether or not you can mix. Fade out, they don't give a shit. Give it a three second break in between, they don't even notice. What did you do? Nope. You were so right. You were so Thank right. Thank you, Leonard, for our lightning um, yes. and the sorry it wasn't so lightning no no it's okay it's all right <laughs> it was uh in lightning uh, yes oh mm. nice nice oh, you're welcome everybody <laughs> nice <laughs> very um, nice so, hey the true hey. the true wit of a teacher <laughs> english <that>, teacher <laughs> so um leonard what uh last ask is uh what do you have to plug oh uh, just a radio show yeah just a radio show i mean I, i've been doing the show for 20, this is actually our 25th year wow. uh, or 20th anniversary. Congratulations. It's, Congratulations. What is it? It's 20, 20 year anniversary? Is it 95 to 20? So 25. Congrats. Holy fuck. Yeah. Congrats. 25 years. So uh, I mean, I think uh, 
you know, yeah. with the whole pandemic thing, it kind of put a damper on, you know, I had, I had some plans that I wanted to do like a house nation party. And I wanted to do uh, the series of like guests from DJs that play in San Antonio and have them kind of doing what we're doing right now. I, I, I did one, I did one as a inaugural one with Jay at the station where we did it live and he was picking records and kind of talking about the records that influenced him to, you know, where he was. And it was my, it was, my, <laughs> it was my hope that we would be able to do it with other DJs, both, you know, younger and some of the older cats that played back in my day. But then when, once COVID hit, it just kind of, you know, washed everything out. So, um, you know, I, I think with, with the free time that I have, if I'm not, you know, being daddy, um, it's pretty much just doing the radio show. So, you know, every Friday night from 10 to 11 on 91.7 KRTU, um, it's an hour. I get to do a mix of whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, sometimes it's old stuff. Sometimes it's new. Sometimes it's disco. Sometimes it's more mid-tempo shit. It just goes all over the place. Um, but it's just uh, kind of like that balance that I realized a long time ago that I need to do something like this to kind of, you know, offset all the other stressors uh, in well, life that keeps me happy. Woo! Yeah, man. No, thanks for having me. I, I'm really proud of you guys. I'm glad you're doing this. Awesome. This is really cool. So keep it up, man. Definitely. No, we, we loved hearing everybody's <laughs> stories. Have more time. But thank we'll you. have to do it again. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love, I mean, ah. great. Love it. Ah, thanks, man. No. So as far as Primo House goes, um, please uh, go subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, also, we have some new mixes out on SoundCloud as well. So please go uh, give those a listen and share those as well. Please also give us a like on Facebook and also give us a follow on Instagram. You can find us by searching Primo House. So, Leonard Trujillo, thank you so much for taking the time yeah, to join you. us today. We so appreciate your time, and it's been amazing listening to your stories. And I wish we could talk some more, but this is where we have to close it at an end. <laughs> Mr. Leonard, we love you so much. Thank you, thank you. It was oh, an yeah, amazing, man. Amazing, amazing interview. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You guys have a good one.